Hey folks, welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Choo Choo. Oh boy, was that a, that was a sick whistle. And it's only because this kind of this uh, little segment is uh is kind of like eh, you know, um I just did a, a, a segment before this and today is 9:12, but I'd be remiss if not be using this platform even though I've had it over a year to um speak up on about 9-11 because I was there I was in New York I was a conductor on the New York City subway and uh, I was to report at Euclid Avenue in Brooklyn at nine at 8:30, and I did but what happened was I got up that morning drank my coffee really didn't uh I don't know what it was. I didn't pay attention to what was going on. I didn't have the TV on, I don't think. I think I just kind of like got dressed and and ran out into the car. And since I'm driving toward Euclid Avenue, for those folks here that don't, don't know the, the layout of New York City, uh, you know, think of just like one big K <coughs> with the, the back of the, the K being Manhattan. And the, the point pointing upward would be Queens, and the point and the leg going downward would be Brooklyn. And uh, I'm headed away from what was going on at the bottom of the K of the of the of the back leg of the K is what's going on. But I'm headed toward down toward the bottom of what would be the the, the bottom leg of the K, the front the front leg. I'm headed in that direction by way of the upper leg. Of the K, and I get out there to the end of, it, and then I start heading my my way down. Um, so at no point am I a facing New York, and to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell I had on the radio because it sure wasn't a news pro. It wasn't a news program, otherwise I would have figured out what the hell was going on. And I make so I get all the way to parking my car two stops away, and I'm in an elevated station. Like I said, I have no idea where the hell my head is at. This is long before there were cell phones and stuff. So I'm on a, I guess I must have had a, a radio station that had music or I was playing a tape. Maybe that's what it was. I was playing a CD or something where I was just not aware of anything that was going on. Then I arrived to... Let me see, two stops away. It was either the uh, 88th Street or the next one, uh, 80th Street or 88th Street, uh, uh, Hudson, to get on the A train. And even on the A train, everything, I get into Euclid Avenue. I sign in, and the dispatcher says, okay, hang, hang tight. So, And then I'm hearing on the radio... Uh, there's a reroute. A's are being rerouted over the F. Okay. F shit. That's no good because then that means that here it is. It's almost rush hour. Uh, my report was at 9 o'clock. I, I worked from 9 to 7. The job was uh, uh, C-line, uh, job number 223. And it was uh, a harsh three-tripper that paid 11 hours a day. Um and I report for that job, started at 9 o'clock, finishes at 7. And I report, and it's like um, 
chaos, a little uh, quiet chaos. People are upstairs in the crew room. They're uh, just sitting around. And, and, and for some reason, I, 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 that's another thing. The TV downstairs doesn't have an antenna. So what we basically use the TV downstairs for is to play tapes and, and, and DVDs. So downstairs, we have no idea what's going on. Okay. I go back down to dispatches. Oh, when do we go out? I'm supposed to make the 922 or something like that. And they said, nope. No, right now, service. And then I hear on the line, see service suspended. And I'm going, yay! All right, so I don't have to make my first trip. Um, at least I don't have my, uh, the first trip. Sea line suspended. Then about not even three minutes later, he says, uh, there we are turning trains on the A line around. Okay, we're turning trains A line around. We are shutting down A line. Uh, 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 and then five minutes later after that, it's like uh, we are suspending a service. I'm like, what? Listen, suspending C service is one thing because it's the local. You can get rid of the locals and turn the expresses all into locals, okay, and cover service that way. And now you're telling, now, now forget about even turning A trains around anywhere, Okay, now they suspended all A service. I don't know what's going on in the IRT because our radios are not tuned to the A division. So I do not know what is happening to the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Okay, I have not a clue. A few minutes, and then like 10 minutes later, I hear this very chilling order over the radio. This is command center. All trains get into a station and discharge your passengers. All trains system wide get into a station, get into a station and discharge your trains. Secure your trains, which means put brakes on hand brakes, manual hand brakes on the train and await further instructions. Dude, there is no blackout, okay? The only time that you, you know, I have been involved in emergency operations, and this has actually happened afterward. I, I've actually dealt with the, the blackout, uh, the third blackout as a TA uh, worker, and uh, this is not the same thing. This is now, we're telling all subway service to stop. I only during strike and blackouts have I ever seen this total shutdown of of the system. So I'm like, I and now I'm bugging out. So what is going on? And of course, the problem is is that uh, radio communications in transit they're kind of like stay away from panicking people. So they do not like to tell you exactly what's going on, which kind of sucks. Um, but that, that's what they do, all right? They, 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 we're having a situation, a situation. You know, if you told us what kind of situation, maybe prepare for it a little better, but no, they don't want to tell you. They don't want to tell you. It's a, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you the truth. Most of my fellow conductors and stuff like that, okay, there are people who know how to say things, people who know how to do speeches. You know, I'm doing this with you. But then there are people who just don't know how to, how to, how to say stuff. They're all of a sudden, they'll blurt out something that they're not supposed to. In other words, they don't really think, you know, they, they don't think about what they're saying. So they'll blurt it out 
and then you start then you start a panic which was something that was very useful for me uh, when I had to uh, uh, clear out the, during the um, the blackout you know basically knowing how to go from car to car and doing my stand-up comedy act you know the first time I actually really attempted it okay uh, was uh, trying to calm the people on the train and so I didn't have any panickers uh, and it, it was cool that it was it was a it was a cool evacuation didn't have any panickers uh, and so this situation was pretty pretty much the same. Um, so now I'm wondering what's going on. I said, "Listen, I didn't exactly eat breakfast. Let me go upstairs and get. Can I get you something? You know, uh, get the dispatch or something." I said, "Yeah, get me a coffee when you come back. Uh, no problem." Even though we had that guy, fellow named Baxter, in the back. Oh man, he used to make food back there in Euclid Avenue. The back of the tower was a towerman, but he used to sell food on the side. And you know, some some people liked it. Some people, some of the uh, supervision didn't, you know, didn't like, not the dispatch, superintendents, you know what I mean? They're the, they're the ones who can be really either, you know, nice people or real assholes. So, uh, we, I went upstairs, he wasn't there, Baxter, what it was, he had to go make a move, so there wasn't any food available. So, I, uh, I went upstairs to the coffee shop, and I sit down, the coffee shop's almost three blocks away, holy Christ, that coffee shop is far. And I sit down and say, yeah, let me get some breakfast. And I look up and at the TV set and I'm seeing the towers burn. Holy, what is that going on? Yo, and the guy says, dude, where have you been for the last hour and a half? Hour and a half, what? And he says, yeah, man. And I'm looking at that. What? And then I find out that the timeline that my train, if I had left out on my train, that... Uh, it would have uh, been under the second tower when it fell. So, uh, nope. No, thank you. I'm glad the transit authority had taken... Well, from the first impact, they were like, that's it. We're scrambling, you know, get the get people out of there. Uh, I think some of the trains were just running in as fast as possible just to get the hell of the people out of there. One train, I think, was caught in the, uh, in the, in the, the dust or whatever because I remember a whole whole train full of people coming out like they had been run through a, a talcum powder uh, uh, factory, uh, totally white. And I suppose we saw the horrible pictures of the people on top. And then, of course, later on, we uh, got to see if, if you get to see any pictures of the wreckage of 9-11, of, uh, the two things that were really kind of uh, uh, visual was the Cortland Street station being on the number one line. Uh, IRT line being squished totally flat. Uh, the one picture of the steel beam actually being squished to the point. It even had still the placard of Cortland Street on it, but you see the bottom of the of the of the. This is a steel girder. It's bent. It's actually squiggly bent. I've never seen a steel girder do that. Okay, it didn't break. It didn't snap. It actually curved. It, it it was a squiggle, about three squiggles long. And then the the top where the pl the plate was, uh, 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 that was taken by a train super uh, train service supervisor who uh, crawled down there through the wreckage to assess the damage, along with the construction crews and stuff like that. Well, after the aftermath, and uh, one of the other things. 
was the uh, how they totally and completely dug out the PATH t station at World Trade Center, where now it was an open hole. Uh, that the station which was underneath like three floors of the of one of the towers once the tower had been completely uh, cleared and uh, new construction was about to begin how the entire path station which uh, my friend Harry Greenblatt works for path how that station was like super totally exposed all you see are these two these two open wounds these two gashes coming out of a concrete wall at the far end by the by the by the water and trains are just coming out and going back into these 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 holes and then the crazy part is that you see in the distance you see all these um, all these pillars all these temporary pillars with wood and others not steel it's all it's all makeshift for almost I'd say I would say about 300 feet. Number one trains, two tracks worth of number one trains are going over this, this, uh, this put together tinker toy track at the far end of the path station where the original tunnel of the number one went, but of course was totally destroyed. So what they decided, they took what was left of the tunnel and it's exposed out toward the out toward the path station and you have path trains running underneath these these makeshift metal uh, a whole bunch of them and you have these number one trains crawling over them you can hear the creaking of the wood you can hear everything like oh my god it it it, it, it sounds like one big old man it sounds like me when i walk and, and these things are going five miles an hour over that 200 feet of stretch, which of course, in additional, the whole length of the, the car. So you got like seven, 800, mi 800 feet, okay, where you have to crawl at five miles an hour because you are going over what we call skeleton track. Skeleton track is basically the rails are being held up by the most minimal amount of of of, of stuff you have these these uh temporary metal pylons holding up the track and the track itself is not on is is on like it's on metal but then on it's on top of wood as well to minimize to, to minimize a lot of, the wood is important because at that way you're minimizing a noise uh if you crawl over it correctly good pressurized wood uh you know putting the track over that and or uh, believe me the, the the wood actually holds up the wood holds the wood holds up well and also kind of like uh it cuts down on the friction cuts down on the noise because to go over everything that's rail, it would just resonate like the uh, wood has a has a dampening effect. That's what it is. Wood in the right places uh, in a construction has a dampening effect, especially with noise, and that's exactly what they needed here. So these guys are crawling. I think they only allowed one train at a time. wasn't single rail, but they did not want that section of track to be holding two whole subway trains at a time. All right, you're talking about ten cars on the on the uh, fifty five five hundred fifty foot 
uh, trains plus like I said the 200 feet so you you're working on crawling over a lot of footage for a little while there with with that incredible amount of weight plus passengers so uh, it, it was an interesting to see this open gaping hole a wound where you could actually see trains going by on top of other trains and, and, and it's like ah it, it, it was it was I was there the third day I was there the third day I walked by I thought I was gonna help but you know what I'm glad I didn't uh, because I started walking up West Street Ooh, thank you. Uh, um, I started uh, walking up West Street everybody's cheering everybody thinks I helped out so they were handing me sandwiches and water like there was no tomorrow I walked all the way this is back in the day when I could walk I walked all the way from Battery Park all the way to my mom's house on 25th Street that had to be at least a good three 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 and a half four miles all right and I actually walked that yeah when I was young and I was able to walk I could walk and I was but I was walking in my I was walking in my work shoes and in my work uniform, so it was it was a, it was a little weird. All right, so uh, we got up there. Like I said, people were cheering and say, ah, as you walk up, it was like a canyon, a backward canyon of heroes walking away from the from the smoldering and stuff like that. Luckily, I didn't stay because now, in hindsight, all that bad. All that bad shit that happened, all the breathing problems, all that sickness and everything like that. I could have possibly have put in for it, but I didn't think I was going to have anything I could I could prove, you know, to, to get any money from that. And I'd rather that, you know, even all these years later now, you know that they passed the law that those people got to be covered in perpetuity. Because there was a, they, they were ready to like, okay, that's it, it's been 20 years, no, no more benefits, and people are still dying left and right. So that was not... That was uncool. That was totally uncool. So uh, they they voted it through to to get the federal government. Said, hey, okay, we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you benefits. You know, we'll, we'll help you out until whatever. And so all right, that that's cool. So that that was that was a tough day. And then the the days afterwards, the days afterwards, uh, our schedules were so totally sh shot. Early was cool because I was just doing shuttles out to the Rockaways. That was great. But then they cha They started changing the lines and changing the lines. And then all of a sudden my job became a really crappy job where I was making two trips from Euclid to all the way around in a circle all the way around to, um, to uh, Parsons Archer on the E. They suspended E service and made the Charlie do all the work. Yeah, so I was like, damn, man. This, this, and then I'd have to take a bus back to Euclid, a crowded bus back. Believe me, transit in New York was screwed for about six months, you know, just trying to get, just just even just trying to separate the fact that, okay, now we know what stations were damaged, okay? Basically, it was badly damaged was uh, the number one line, Cortland Street, and also the R line. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Rector was closed. Court. We had just finished building a new Cortland Street connection into the world trade. We had just finished building that, and it got destroyed, and had to reclose down the Cortland Station all over again. 
after like two years and stuff of, of, of skipping it and, and skipping Rector Street and you know I, like uh, ah it was it, it, then we had to do it all over again and it was it was it was ridiculous it was totally ridiculous we we skipped those two stations for the next couple of years uh, until uh, until they finally got it got them back on it was a while it was a while two three years you know that's the second time that we built a brand new station then lost it to a catastrophe you know later on hurricane sandy destroyed the south ferry station down there and we and that that we that had to be uh that had to be redone and that in a hurry too because the old south ferry station i think was not was not able to be brought back in use i have to call somebody about that there's a conductor i know who works uh, well, he works the four now, but he worked the uh, South Ferry, and he saw what that was like down there. So um, I have to ask him how fast, you know, how did they serve South Ferry? Because that's where, of course, Staten Island Ferry is, and uh, and also uh, how fast it, it was able to come back online. But uh, 9-11 screwed uh, the number one line for a while. They, they There was no service to South Ferry whatsoever uh, for a short while. And and like I said, that that bypass, that bypass, like they, I, I don't even know what when, when, like I said, once they cleared the entire building and managed to, you know, get those stations, they weren't really no stations there. I figured what it is, the minute you left Chambers Street, uh, you just went through this open hole, and I think your next stop was was South Ferry. Okay, I don't even think Corland and Rector in in both because both of those are downtown stations, real close to each other. You know, strange enough that all the downtown stations are really super close to each other. Uh, you know, Wall and Wall and Fulton on the IRT lines, or or uh, and for us, Cortland and Rector are like right next to each other, a couple blocks. So that's why that that whole thing affected like a good five six stations all around. And I haven't been down there to see that whole new Fulton Fulton connection, so the Fulton Street connection. So I haven't seen I haven't seen that since I'm. Last time I went to New York, I didn't do shit. I stayed in my hotel room. But uh, I wanted to uh, just kind of like put the shout out to all the people, especially Carlos Lilio and family who were the EMS that who, who lost his life and uh, who uh, how we remember 9-11 is with Carlos. May he be uh, resting in heaven. Um, and to all the people who lost their, their, their uh, lives on 9-11 and uh, that, that how, how crazy a day that was. You know, for myself and uh, the changes that were made afterwards, uh, and the way just people had to live, you know, after nine eleven, that was uh, it was it was it was different, you know, and the way we had to you know shut down an entire system, the logistics of doing that, logistics of help, uh, trying to get uh, people were stranded, people were stranded in neighborhoods they had no idea where they were. And, and stuff like that. This one old lady, she had to go. She was at Euclid, and she had to. I don't even know where I am. Is is you know you're gonna have to call a cab or something. I'm sure cabs got a lot of work that day, because uh, I remembered that, that 9/11 just being just pretty much as bad as the, the the blackout. Well, when the whole system goes down, you got to try to start start finding other ways of getting home. I knew it took. I didn't get home till the next day, so. That was that was really weird. That in itself, the 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 blackout. Um, trying uh, talking about that being that was a little easier. Uh, like I said, uh, no panic, but everybody was stuck where they were. 
the train that I was on had a crew that was a little less, I can't say capable. They were trained, but you know, there are people who just don't know how to talk and communicate and stuff like that. It's not, it's not a thing for them. So I took over the communications and uh, since I had pretty much seniority over both crew members there as far as time, uh, I just uh, took over that, uh, that day in the blackout and uh, evacuated that train. We managed to get them all out by Fifth Avenue Station. Uh, it was uh, it, it was not anything, but the fact that I was stuck pretty much uh, in Manhattan for that entire night. Luckily, that strangely enough, we still had pay phones that still worked because internet service was totally. And I would wonder how New York would even survive now in a blackout with, like I said, all the phones. If 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 cell towers are out, or in other words, everything. And that, that strange enough, the only things that ever worked anywhere are uh the landline phones so that's uh i think and i think that still is the case so that's why people should be smart and always uh make sure that the line that works that goes into their house works you know they plug in you know go buy an old timey an old timey push button princess phone you can still get them believe it or not they're Strange enough, may be a lifesaver, okay? If the phone jack in your apartment, you find one and it still works, okay? Make a phone call with it. Even if you got to, even if you got to call an operator, call an operator, say, thank you, operator. I'm testing this line. Thank you for your help. Have a good day. And, and you got, you, at least you're able to call 911 if your internet service is out. You know, so that it, it, it's really still the one of the old school things we still have. So in case of emergencies. So, I, I you know, strange enough, I don't even know if my apartment has, has, a, has a phone jack. That is something strange. You know, I should check that out. I should check out if there's still, if there's still service. Because I think back down in Sun City Center, I think the apartment had one. So I, I, I'm now I'm starting to, I'm starting to think about that. So you, uh, folks, you should all check to see if you have an old time phone jack, and check to see if it works. It's only four wires that go into the back of that thing. So make sure that the the wires are hooked up to it, okay? And if you, it has a you know and all the wires are hooked up and that you are able to stick a telephone jack into it, an old time telephone jack. See if it still works, because you never know. When the internet dies, strange enough, that's still that system still works all right so um that day you know we i didn't get home till the next day and believe me the, even the blackout was it was a crazy thing of, of how uh services are get get put back online after a disaster and uh, it, it takes a little bit of work by a lot of people so uh those are my those are my thoughts on 9 11 like i said i was there and it took us a while to, to get back and, and I also reach out to all the prayers and thoughts well thoughts uh, for all those people that have been through all kinds of natural but more worse than natural disasters are man-made disasters all the shootings uh, the bombings you know shout out to Boston Shout out to all the places where, where, where this is just madness, where madness is just going on, period. Madness. That's what it is. There ain't nothing else to it.
All right, so uh, shout out to all of those people. Um, so this is my tribute to, to 9-11. I hope that we never see anything like that again, but I, with this human race, I really, really don't, uh, I really don't give it much, <laughs> much of a chance that it's gonna get better before, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah, so that's that's the case. So listen, and thank you for listening to my rant and raves. Uh, this is Outside Looking In. This is Joe Choo Choo, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Choo Choo. Hold on a second. keep forgetting to use that stupid whistle i should be using that at the beginning and then and then doing the intro but uh i'm gonna leave that i'm, I'm gonna leave that go um i want to do this little segment here this is uh, episode three of season nine uh first of all uh, i want to shout out of course to my buddy nelson martinez who is not feeling well uh he's a man I, he's about 10 years older than me and uh, it, uh, he's been having his problems, and God bless him, you know, he's been fighting through it and stuff like that. And uh, I just hope him a speedy recovery. I wish him well, speedy recovery, so that we can talk some more baseball. It's bad enough that his Yankees are just, like, uh, starting to totally choke on him. Uh, I'm sad about that. And uh, my Mets have been doing okay, but they piss everybody off by losing to lousy teams when they really have no business doing that um they're now getting kind of their act together today they'll be playing today is september 12th oh yes that's right yesterday was september 11th uh the uh, 21st commemoration of the uh, attack on the twin towers and uh, uh the show's uh, condolences and their thoughts to all the families of those who uh, were lost in the tower attack including our friend Carlos Leo, who was one of the two EMSs that lost their lives that day. Uh, again, thanks also to the New York Mets for allowing finally the damn team to wear the FDNY hats, the P uh, NYPD hats. Uh, and their game, uh, they beat the uh, Miami Marlins yesterday 9-3. to and it was uh, it was good for that. And they, that was all the way down in, in, uh, in Miami that they were wearing these hats. They were uh, Miami was home. So uh, uh, for uh, thank you to baseball for allowing that to happen. And uh, we uh, uh, just watching the, ba the, the baseball uh, uh, season wind down. The Mets finally, for one lousy night, lost their first place to the Atlanta Braves, who have just been an absolute juggernaut. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, back in 2019, when the Nationals were going to win the World Series, that they started out, what was it, 19-31, and 31, which is a horrible, at that point, at 40 games, first, first 50 games, 50 games, 19-31, and 31, first almost third of the season, and they come back <clears throat> to make the wild card. And then finally also win the World Series. So uh, now the Atlanta Braves are going to do the, the same thing. They didn't start out that badly last year. And the Mets started their sputtering way earlier in the year uh, last year. Um, 
and didn't have I don't think ha had this kind of a, of a lead before but uh, finally whatever it was 10 games or whatever Atlanta finally caught up because they've been playing the best baseball in baseball for almost three months now I uh, think I heard the last time they were 64 and 24 that just like what that's just insane uh, amount of uh, win games but I'm going to tell you the gun honest truth I look at the Atlanta roster and I'm looking at that starting lineup and I'm scared that that's a strong starting lineup top to bottom if it weren't for the Mets guys like Canna and Escobar which really are the two guys who are the replacements for other people from last year and uh, filling in two s complete spots basically Canna and Escobar are the upgrade to Kevin Pillar and uh, and uh, Jonathan VR okay that those two were the direct direct upgrades now Escobar is giving pretty much a VR type year you know it's so stupid I shouldn't even say that because both Pilar and VR ended up being way up in the Met hierarchy of home runs I believe it was PR that actually hit 20 home runs one of the two hit 20 all right, and the other one hit like 16. So basically, you're getting just about the same from Mark Canna and and S and uh, Eduardo Escobar. You're getting almost the exact same, except for uh, Escobar doesn't have VR speed. Okay, Can is not quite as good an outfielder, but he's good enough <clears throat> than Pil than Pilar. But uh, Canada is giving them on-base percentage and average that uh, that uh, this guy couldn't, that Pilar could not. And also, um, he also doesn't have the speed Pilar does also. Pilar was also capable of stealing a base or two. So they gave up a little bit of speed for uh, defense. Uh, Escobar's a switch hitter as well. Now he's red hot. You see, right now, the, the, he's red hot. So... Uh, from the left side, no less, and he was ice cold for most of the season. Now, all of a sudden, he's batting like 900 left-handed, <laughs> which is exactly what they wanted. Well, they had Esco they had Guillaume batting from the left and Escobar batting from the right, but now, all of a sudden, with Escobar being so incredibly hot, now it's Guillaume's turn not to, uh, not to be in there, or uh, I can't see who he could possibly, uh, the entire infield is except for Alonzo is left-handed so Guillaume would not find a spot uh, as for the Yankees well their their hitting woes just continue however as of today Aaron Judge has 55 home runs 55 I can't I can't fathom it I mean if he doesn't break the record it's just sad he, the man has like 20 games to hit a lousy six home runs okay so i mean this is just ridiculous it, it should it really should not be any problem he also leads the majors in rbis too but uh these are not come he's like the only guy who's hitting the rest of the lineup is just not hitting the pitching is meh. They, they're bringing up kids from the minors like there's no tomorrow because a injuries and people are just not playing well aaron hicks is not playing well uh Donaldson at third base is streaky. He's iffy. Uh, uh, Kiner Falifa is a just a weak singles hitter at, at short. In other words, basically for giving up who they gave up to the um, 
to the Twins. They're not getting really the power back from Donaldson that they, they should have, that they could have gotten from Sanchez and getting a, a 300 batting year from, from Gio Ursula. But that's the way they wanted to go. So that's basically it. LeMayhew's been injured. Uh, Rizzo's out right now at first base. Plus, the man's only batting. He may have 20 home runs, but he's batting only 200. Uh, they got rid of Gallo. And now Gallo is having a renaissance in L.A. So that's uh, that's that situation. Um, they, they have no outfielders. Uh, Torres at short. Uh, Glaber Torres uh, here, there, somewhere else. You know, he provides some power, but it's not. Uh, Carpenter, who they got, is hurt. All right, somebody the Mets really probably should have gotten was like a Matt Carpenter or somebody like that. Have his uh, have his renaissance. He could have given them, I think, a little more right now than uh, Vogelback and Ruff, which are t- turning out not to be that. Vogelback a little more, Darren Ruff not at all. He's not He, he was not a good uh, pickup, and now they brought up Vientos. They finally brought him up, the, the kid Mark Vientos, and he's probably going to replace Ruff at DH. Uh, because even even the kid looking up there striking out, his swings look a lot sweeter. He, he just he looks smooth. Put one in his first game, he put one to the track in right field, and he and he and he put another one out in left field, pretty deep. So uh, it looks like he he's getting ready. He's getting ready, and and like Brett Beatty, it seems to me that possibly we're going to see that his first hit is going to be a, a home run because the yeah the swing does does look that sweet. So uh, I think that basically the Mets are just biding their time. That's why they didn't want uh, Vogelback and Ruff will not be on the team next year. I can't tell you about the outfielders. Well, right now all those people else that they have that are filling in like uh, Gore, Marrero. Uh, the, that's already four people that I can tell you are not going to be on the team next year. Okay, so that may be a chance for all these guys that are in the minors to, to come up and do like, uh, do like Atlanta is doing. Where they brought up two guys up, and they're well. One of them is still very hot. The, the kid Grissom, he's kind of cooled off. But uh, Michael Harris, what a find! I mean, they they signed them to major contract, and it looks like they found their left fielder for quite a while. So that's why I'm pissed off. Atlanta has a pretty good lineup, and the Mets have to start bringing up their kids. So I can see Vientos. I can see Alvarez, the catcher, coming up next year. Okay. Uh, Beatty's already up, so that's three positions. The only other position left, uh, strange enough, is the the person that they have one who's you know one extra would be Ronnie Mauricio. All right, so he's the he's the only other one that uh, that the Mets are, are are getting ready to bring up for for next year. And I'm pretty sure that between those four, that they'll probably have uh, they'll, they'll, they'll probably have. You know, one outfield spot covered, and if not, you know, the, the guys who are extra right now, strangely enough, are, are Escobar, Canna, and, strange enough, Sterling Marte. After all these years of wanting to have him, really, he's a stopgap. Okay, so uh, I know that a lot of these players basically play the infield. I think Vientos may have had a shot in the outfield, and Mauricio, they're saying that he's kind of a big boy, so... Um, he might be able to uh, first base DH, even though he he was a shortstop, though. So, I don't know. They have to pretty much figure out they need more outfielders than they need anything else. So, that that's where that's the where the Mets are, are, are stuck. And these are hopefully the type of things that I get to talk to with, with my buddy Nelson Martinez when he gets better again. Uh, we hope that uh, he gets uh, through this. And we're praying for him and for a speedy recovery. And uh, that's... Uh, 
it basically, you know, get to talk baseball with him. Okay, so you get better, buddy, all right? Right here, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back after these messages.